0: Hello, you're listening to Wine Blast, the podcast that brings wine to life with a smile. I'm Susie Barry and I'm here as ever with my husband and fellow master of wine, Peter Richards. So welcome, welcome to the first full episode of season two. Well, thank you. And oh, thank it's
1: you. nice to be welcomed. <laughs> it's nice to be welcomed. Um, welcome to our uh, lovely uh, listeners. Okay, right. And uh, right. uh, what an episode it is. I know. You know. Is it we, just... We, of course, we are joined by by the mighty Sam Neill. Uh, now, some people say he was best in Jurassic Park. Others say Peaky Blinders, Dead Calm, uh, the piano. What's your
0: favourite? I- it has to be the piano, I'm afraid, Holly oh, Hunter.
1: Yeah, but really, I think we think his greatest work is uh, Two Paddocks Wine Estate in, in Central Tago, New Zealand.
0: Absolutely. I mean, he's he's a total wine nut, isn't he? He really I mean, is. He's, he's just. I mean, he's clearly just obsessed by Pinot Noir. I think he he may be described as having a Pinot problem. Well, I think,
1: uh, don't we all? Aren't uh, pff, we all?
0: Well, he. Yeah. M- I think perhaps he has a little more than most of us. But uh, but yeah, he's doing <laughs> he's, he's, he's doing it. amazing things in Central, isn't he? Where yeah. Uh, uh, where apparently he's also got lots of animals named after celebrities to keep him company, now, hasn't he? Now, this is true. This Never is mind true. the pinot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about
1: there's, the pigs? Uh, I think there's, uh, there's Helena Bonham Carter, the cow. Um, I think Meryl Streep's a chicken. Chicken? Um, yeah. And I think Imogen, when I, met, when I visited a few years ago, I think I met Imogen Poots, the, uh, the pig. <laughs> so um, that's the pig. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, Sam, he describes himself as a farmer. Um, and you know they 've got lots of fruit trees and other crops i think they 've got lavender. I think I brought you back some lavender didn 't I? I think you did uh, helped you sleep well for a while um you know so they 've got to be fair they 've got lots going on and they do take it all really really seriously you know they're they 're organic so you know it 's kind of a holistic type operation they do lots of different things yeah and know, they do I mean, it well and, and, and actually,
0: it. I think we should say that sam 's family although he you know he 's an actor turned winemaker. His family has got history when it comes mm. to the, the booze business, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. his father was was a wine and spirits merchant in Dunedin, yeah. N- New Zealand. Yeah, um, yeah, And
1: I think the family actually before that, had some uh, in that trade in, in, in Ireland in, as well. In yeah. Ireland.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, so his great-grandfather actually went out to Otago in 1861. Yeah, what, yeah. So although um, Sam was born in Northern Ireland, he he says he feels like an Otago man. Um, yeah, There's a nice image of an Otago man. Otago how how do you picture an Otago man? Sam Lee? you.
1: Sam Neill, sort of so rangy, grey hair, stripped, the stripped to the waist, twinkly chested, blue eyes, <laughs> standing on top of <laughs> running, a mountain, running
0: away from a, a dinosaur.
1: Maybe knows that too.
0: But yeah, no. So, so I mean, he, he, so he planted. Let's, let's set the scene. He planted his mm. first vineyard there in in Central Otago in 1993, mm. which was unbelievably the same year that Jurassic Park came out. I can't believe that.
1: How did he do it all? That seems that that's a well, busy it's amazing, year. It's an epic year for him, but it just yeah. seems like it was yesterday, doesn't it? Jurassic Park coming out. I don't know. Anyway, um, so uh, can we qualify him? Can we introduce him? Can we characterize him as a wine guy who does a bit of acting?
0: I'm not sure that would be entirely (laughs) fair. A bit of acting. um, You know, he does a lot of good winemaking, but he does a lot of great acting too. You know, everyone else should do that.
1: More Hollywood (laughs) stars are like that. It will be a more delicious place, wouldn't it? I mean, apparently, there was a rumor, I don't know if you heard it, that he was up for James Bond. No. Yeah, I, that was the rumour. I don't really? know if it's true at all. We might be spreading totally scurrilous rumors, Sam, if that is So who uh, did he lose out to? I I mean, well I it, think I think he lost out to Timothy Dalton in the end, which um I, I personally I wouldn't be happy with. But um <laughs> you know, he maybe be happy he with went on out to, out to, out to allow yeah, him to do bigger and better things. Who knows? But anyway, um let's get back to wine. He has got this, this wine estate in, in Central, um uh, with four main vineyards, even though it's called Two paddocks We didn't really bring that up with him, we didn't know just you know he's called it two paddocks, but he's got four. Well he, so he's doubled his named it when he had two. Um, so four main vineyards across the key areas essentially Central Targo and he does make a bit of Riesling as well but to be honest I think his main focus really is on Pinot Noir and it's quite a sort of Elegant yet structured style of Pinot. Because some central yeah. Pinots can be really big, kind yep, of hearty. Yep. His are quite notably elegant in the context.
0: Absolutely. And, and we were so we were tasting, um, well, Sam's flagship wine during our interview with mm. him. Um,
1: mm. And we think we drank it quite fast. It
0: we, went we? down very quickly. Just in, fact, gen- I mean, by, in terms of setting
1: <laughs> the scene for the interview, we, were, we were, I think we were halfway through before we even started. I, I think we mean hal- nice? halfway
0: through the bottle we were before trying to, we started the interview. We were trying interview. to be professional. But thank but- goodness Sam did the talking. <laughs> um, but the, yeah, so the, it was the, the two paddocks, Pinot Noir 2018. And mm. just for, for interest, um, it's about £35. You can get it at independent um, merchants here in the UK Haynes, Hanson and Clark, mm. Hennings, Wine Utopia, New Zealand House of Wine. Um, but actually, one thing to flag up that we want to flag up is that we are going to be doing a festive episode recommending Ooh. some Pinot Noirs, aren't jingle, we? Jingle. Uh, very soon. And uh, and I'm, I, I've i got a feeling Sam's might just feature.
1: Yeah, it was really, it knocked our socks off, didn't it? Oh, it's really? lovely. It's not cheap. But Delicious. Oh, it's very, very special. But I think we should continue. Clarify it as well at this point that this kind of was a dual purpose interview, wasn't it? Um, because yeah. some of it, as, as many of you will know, was broadcast as part of our wine festival online. Um, and we should say that that's all still available to watch over on our wine festival TV channel uh, on YouTube, yeah, isn't it? Yeah,
0: yeah. So if you fancy watching the visual version of our mm. interview, you can do that. Uh, but we should also say that we we do put all our podcasts on our YouTube channel, we which do, don't we? we don't really. Talk about or publicised, do you know, our public we? Sides, do we? <laughs> I think we've just
1: put them up there. Yeah.
0: We just do. but um, yeah. and, and nobody's going to find them if we don't say it. So That's true. So that is uh, Susie and Peter on Wine. Mm. So, so check that out mm, too. Yeah,
1: Susie and Peter on Wine on, on YouTube. So yeah, I, I think, I well, I'm just thinking about that now, what we might do with this one is perhaps we could upload the full Zoom interview. Mm. Sort of an unedited of our interview, uncut, so that at least th- that whole interview is there. If you want the visual version, if you want to see us yeah. gurning along to Sam, Sam, <laughs> you can just focus on Sam. To go Um alongside this podcast, you can do that. So that'll be on our YouTube channel too. We'll stick yeah. that up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
0: but just to recap, the Wine Festival Online mm. was—I mean, yeah. it was such fun, wasn't it? Yeah, it
1: was fantastic. I mean,
0: do, do check it out. It's it's at thewinefestival.co.uk. Uh, but we had um, to just explain briefly. We had thirteen brilliant online masterclasses hosted by. The likes of Louis uh, Jadot, Lee Valley, Quinta de Noval, um, Erasuerus, Celia de Dauphin, Mm. uh, you know, and lots of people tuned in and were tasting Mm. along on the day. Mm. But the videos are still there, all on our Wine Festival TV YouTube channel or on our site, so please just go and have a look.
1: Yeah, we had, we had competitions. We had a cook along. We, we did indeed. We Rocket did. Hosted, oh, I love that. by you. With, it, with Chef Ryan Stafford. It was great fun. Oh, mushroom and truffle risotto.
0: Indeed, and yeah. beautiful m s wines.
1: Yeah, and MS wines. We had the Instagram live with the lovely Chingy oh, Wang. Oh, yeah. isn't she gorgeous? She is gorgeous. Uh, yes. We also had the interview with Sam. Of course. Um, I mean, it was just it was just a fantastic day. Um, the idea was to do something positive at a very difficult time. So thanks to everyone for joining in. And if you have if you if you weren't aware of it, or if you haven't seen it, do you know um, check it out on the site uh, or catch up. Uh, but I think at this point we should get back to the podcast. To be honest, absolutely, uh, absolutely. So, um, so, so
0: the other the other thing that uh, that we ask Sam about are his brilliant uh, lockdown videos, don't we? You did um, make a point of that.
1: I think you were rather taken with that in the research. Uh, I, I kind don't... of lost you down a rabbit hole.
0: <laughs> Never mind the why. I'm
1: researching Sam just, Neil's lockdown if you have, videos. I mean, seriously,
0: I, I've got to tell you, if you haven't <laughs> seen these videos, Sam <laughs> Neil with his ukulele or absurd cook-alongs or reading poems and bedtime surreal. stories, I and mean, they are just a joy to behold. Everyone I needs mean, a Sam
1: Neil bedtime story, don't they? They me? do. Otherwise.
0: They do. Anyway, uh, so when we recorded this interview, it was let's just set the scene. It was evening mm. in the UK, which was early morning in New Zealand. So Sam was self-isolating in an Auckland hotel because he just travelled back from the UK after filming Jurassic Park Six, mm. which is due out next year,
1: 2021. Here we come.
0: Spoiler alert! Mm. Uh, and of course, I couldn't help asking him about it.
2: Yeah, we were we were locked away in Buckinghamshire in a very nice hotel um, for five months. I didn't really see anyone other than the rest of the cast and and the crew, and most of the crew I I didn't see either. And I I know some of them very well now, but I've no idea what they look like because <laughs> everyone, everyone would talk to you like this. So i would mostly guess by what hat they are that they had on or something like that. So, uh,
0: I love it. That was a
2: very strange experience, but it was a, it was a lot of fun. And um, and what what um, have you been filming? Um, the the sixth Jurassic film. Wow. Okay. So <clears throat> um, I'm pleased to say that in in my advanced years I can still run like the best of them um, when when a dinosaur is intent on <laughs> um, uh, eat, eating you for a snack. I thought I thought it might be. Something of a challenge, but anyway, it turned out it turned out fine, and um, we actually really enjoyed ourselves. It was it was very strange to be in England and not being able to, I don't know, go and f- first of all visit for friends. I've got many, many friends in, the, in 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 London in particular, and get about and and um, have a good weekend. I don't know, up in the Cotswolds or something like that. That all all that was impossible. But we were at a place called Langley Park. And we had 170 acres of beautiful um uh, oak trees and um uh, wellingtonias and so, so on around us. So um it wasn't like being in in um Starlag 19, it was actually it was it was um it was like being in a spa hotel, somewhere between a spa hotel and, and rehab. Um
0: <laughs> I hope there was wine though.
2: There was lots of wine and and the studio was just down the road so uh, it, was, it was very close to Pinewood and, and it was um, yeah it, it was a lot of fun but um, now the wine was mostly left for the weekend because there were long days and um, school days and um, um, yeah. early nights mostly
0: so, so Sam we, we we obviously want to talk to you about wine um, so you started back in in 1993 in central Otago um, and of course your family were in the wine and, and spirits business as well but at that time, which this fascinates me, at that time there were about a dozen producers. The vineyard was sort of a tenth of the size of what it is now. What on mm. earth made you take that risk, buy land, plant vines, and make Pinot Noir? I mean, what what mm. what did it for you?
2: Yes, it was it it was an it was an odd impulse, but on reflection, it was something I had been sort of being at the back of my mind for a long time, and I. I I sort of ran into some friends, some wine-producing friends in a car park. We were just, I I, I don't know, and and Rob Hay, who was one of the originals at Chard Farm, said, look, we've bought some land. Do you want, we're we're thinking of buying some land. Do you want to come in with us? We'd all plant a vineyard each. And and we think it's a really good site. So I I went in with them, and I selected the block that I wanted, and that turned out to be my first paddock. Um, I'd sort of been thinking about this, first of all, because there's generations of my family who are, have been in wines and spirits. I've, I'm the first wine producer of the family. There's probably 200 years of it in the family. I don't know, going back to wine merchants in, in, in Belfast. Uh, some, some very dear old family friends, the mills, at Ripon, was starting to produce this really interesting Pinot Noir. Now, I I got fascinated with Burgundy when I came to England to film at Pinewood, actually, in 1979-80. What were you filming and, then, Sam? Uh, well, <laughs> I was I was playing the Antichrist in one of the um, in one of the. Omen films. So the
1: Antichrist <laughs> Listen, needed some Pinot Noir. Do we read much into that? <laughs>
2: um, he was a man of wealth and taste, as in as in the <laughs> song. Uh, um, but I, I was living off the Malvern Road. I on the way there, I'd I'd had this. You know how many people talk about um, Janice Robinson, for instance, talks about the first time she she drank a good. Burgundy, and I think it was a Jevry Chambotin, and um, she she went out with a date with a boyfriend that, that who wasn't to last. But she she remembers she, remembers she the remembers that first glass of wine huh? uh, about Jevry, that first great glass of of Burgundy, and that's sort, that sort of what it got her into Pinot Noir. And I'm sure both of you have something like that as well. Mm. But I, the, the the glass for me was. On the way to, to do that film, I stayed with um, uh, James Mason, um, great actor, and he he and his wife sort of took me under their wing uh, and found me an agent in in uh, in London and so on. And we went out to dinner to a, a wonderful auberge on 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 the shores of Lake Geneva, and it was. Charlie Chaplin had not long died. It was Charlie Chaplin's favorite restaurant. They used to go and eat with him there, and um, we sat in what was sort of a sort of a booth, I, I suppose, in in sort of medieval booth. <laughs> the, the restaurant dated back to 1405 or something, and there was Charlie Chaplin's name carved on the on uh, in 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 the in this ancient wood. And James said, "I think you should carve your name there, under." And I I said, "No, I can't possibly do that." But thanks, thanks for the thought. But he he ordered this bottle of wine, and I don't know what it was, and I wish I knew who the producer made it, because I'd never heard of Burgundy. Well, I heard of Burgundy, but I didn't know what it was. And I said, "This is really remarkable, James. What is it?" And he said. This is Burgundy, my boy, and don't forget it. And so I never forgot it. And then I was living off the Edgewell Road in London for two or three years. I had some very nice wine merchants down the road. And I would go in there and I'd say, um, well, they started to know me and they'd say, you're looking for a nice Burgundy? <laughs> and I'd say, yeah. <laughs> and so I started um, exploring Burgundy. I started with whites. And then I sort of then got interested in Pinot Noirs. And that's what really... Um, and things like Chablis, and I, I thought, I'm, I wonder if you could grow this in New Zealand, because it was very early days in. In I mean, they'd been growing wine in New Zealand since 1830 or something, but it was very early days in, in terms of good good wine coming from New Zealand. You know, people were growing stuff to make brandy and fortified wines, but there were some interesting wines beginning to come out of New Zealand in the 1980s, and, I, and it occurred to me. I, I wonder if you could grow. I wonder if you could grow this Pinot Noir stuff in New Zealand. So, cut to thirteen years later, and I'm talking to a friend in a car park. Four years after that, we had our first vintage from that little plot of mine, which was all of five acres. And to my complete astonishment, it was really good Pinot Noir. Not not of of the sort of standard we're producing now, but it was really it really knocked my socks off. I was completely surprised. I wasn't really expecting something of that quality. So that's when I got kind of uh, um, obsessed by it. And I and now I have four little vineyards, um, none of them much bigger than that. I think the biggest one is 12 acres, um, and they're all sort of distributed around the central Otago region. And central Otago, since that time, has become one of the sort of, apart from Burgundy, one of the half a dozen most famous little Pinot Noir areas in the world.
1: One of our favourite areas as well. Now, you've, said, you've mentioned an obsession. You've also written um, that you said you didn't really have great ambitions to be a movie star, but when you started growing Pinot Noir, you realised you were an ambitious person because your ambition was to make the greatest Pinot ever. How yes. How's that quest going?
2: Well, um, the proof is in the pudding, and you're drinking the 2018. Delicious. And, and I think we're really producing something that's pretty extraordinary now and the 18 was a very benign year from memory it was um, a, a a warm spring I think we flowered about a month earlier than usual quite a hot summer and we were a little concerned that um, things things were coming on very t- actually too fast because the thing about Pinot noir is you you it is a cool climate wine and you don't want to be producing it in somewhere where you could um, make Shiraz or Cabernet or something like that. It has to be a, in a, a cool climate. And then happily, in February, things really cool down as a result of all those wonderful sort of secondary flavours and so on that that will develop in the grape were allowed to gradually come on. We still picked about three or four weeks earlier than we would expect to. Um, but then when we usually pick it's always touch and goes to as to whether we're going to make it at all yeah yeah business. there is
0: i mean there's such a there's a delicacy about this there's a, there's a concentration of flavors but there's also that amazing delic- delicacy and and the fact it's it's 13% alcohol you know it's got a a, a a lift to it and a freshness on the finish that i think is quite extraordinary if it was a hot vintage and you were you know everything was early it's a really remarkable wine mm. in, in that context, and I think um, that
1: um, beautiful. You know, obviously, we're used to some of the Bannockburn styles, particularly being uh, from Central Otago, being really quite rich and voluptuous, and quite heady darker. and muscular and darker. Your Pinots yes. have always struck me as being something very, very elegant, much lighter in tone, much more lifted, um, right. you know, no less complex, but maybe more drinkable. I know, that, you know, one of your vineyards, I think The Last Chance is one of the most southerly vineyards in central Targo and therefore the world, isn't it? So you've got this sort of tension in your wines uh, and you see that in a single vineyard wines as well. Um, I think... Yes. Um, in different styles, but you get that always in your wines. There's a tension, a sort of a lovely kind of grip, and a style that makes you kind of sit up.
2: This is an unusual year in that it's a it's about quarter 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 you know from all four vineyards. This blend um, we always take from all four vineyards, the best of what we of what what we like, and because it was so benign in in every vineyard. It's very balanced between those the, those four.
0: Sa- Sam, I'm going to I'm going to change from this very serious wine chat to your your uh, <laughs> amazing uh, videos that we've been watching um, during lockdown. You have been watching. A lot of I've been them, watching so. quite yeah. a lot of them. I've, there's the, there's, there's I've a been lot of... <laughs> worried about her, Sam.
1: But, you know. <laughs> there's yeah.
0: ukulele playing. There is there are bedtime stories. I particularly liked your beef bourguignon episode when obviously you cooked. The most extraordinary beef bourguignon, um, and and drank your two paddocks with it. Uh, but I mean, what would you say to to people? All I mean, they're, they're oh, I can't so the remember beef so
2: bourguignon. L- what, what, what what happened with you that? You flambeed
0: it. There wasn't there wasn't <laughs> much beef bourguignon involved but there was a flambé there was a, there was a lighter but but what would right. you say to I mean th- th- there's such a lovely lighthearted touch to everything what would you say to people around the world you know wine lovers who are feeling a bit down about lockdown I mean clearly you have found ways to lighten the mood
2: yes it's been a very tough year isn't it i mean on for, on all sorts of levels i i was actually advocating from time to time Drinking less during lockdown, but drinking better wine and 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 really looking at what you're drinking rather than because it wasn't a time to be sociable I, I mean i I think part of the joy of of wines is is its sociability and it's hard to think of I mean you can drink wine all day if you want to, but it's it's much better with friends and family and around a table and with some great food and and convivial conversation. But a lot of that, of course, was impossible and will continue to be so during the winter. So I'll start doing my silly videos and things again to, to cheer people up. Making wine is, is our motto is, in the cheering up business since 1993. So um, I actually thought it was a good time to to uh, be drinking wine, but mostly one would be solitary or with your, with, with your partner, perhaps with some irritating children. Um, but drink less of it. But but really um, concentrate on on what wine is and what you like about it, and 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 sort out um, the the varieties you like and the and the source, and um, actually actually make a little study of it. That's fun in itself. Take a bit
1: of time. Seriously. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: if you could if you could choose Sam, your your perfect lockdown wine, it, I think it can't be one of your own.
1: <laughs> it's a very difficult we question. Know, we sorry. know all of
0: yours are perfect We're but, putting so, you on the but, spot. but you if eat? it wasn't your own what would it be
2: well look I'm very proud because, because they're so sort of they're so completely different from anything that I produce because we just produce Pinot Noir at various levels and Riesling at two different levels um, so uh, I like I'm very fond of um, really big Australian Shiraz and I think they're really good value too. For instance, a bottle of Penfolds three eight nine. Mm. One of the great experiences of, of your life, you know. And um, lumber, the signature. I really think they they produce some fantastic wines. So um, yeah, those you know Peter Lehman. Um, there's quite a number of producers that um, I re- I really I really admire uh, out of out of Australia, but they They could not be more different than they pack a wallop, you know <laughs> yeah. talking about wallops just what to... have you been drinking oh, oh well, the, um... well
0: Pinot noir quite <laughs> clearly no, I mean um yeah. what have we been drinking? well, uh, we love white burgundy, um definitely yeah. so we love great chardonnay um funnily enough, um one of the ones that we've drunk lots of um over the last few months is the Vas Felix. Phileas Chardonnay from Australia, so Western oh, yeah. Australia. Oh, yeah. um, mm, just yeah. such a lovely wine that it, every time we open a bottle, you think, fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Can't, can't get enough of it. But we're, we're kind yeah. of slightly Syrah nuts as well. So um, Northern Rhone Syrah. Um, but funnily enough, one of our favorites is actually Dry River from Martinborough. Oh,
2: really? Yeah.
0: Unbelievable. Yes. Yeah. So, so we, it, to treat ourselves, we'd have Dry River Syrah. Um, so, yeah. yeah, and
2: um, um, like us, they're very small producers and and care a lot about what they do. I'm becoming I'm becoming more and more obsessed by by scarcity, and I haven't even tried it yet. But this is um, this is a this is a brand new thing. It's the only vineyard I didn't plant. It's called the Fusilier, and uh, I acquired it about five years ago. It's in Bannockburn. It's right. It's it's right next to Felton Road. It it it, it is that. Big Bannockburn wine that we produce off off there, and it, it's become a sort of quite an important component of the of the two paddocks blend. But this is not only a single vineyard. Um, the the clone, the, the Pinot Noir clone that always shines there, is is from the top terrace. So it's a it's a three terraced vineyard, and the top terrace has clone seven seven seven, rather good number. And I just thought it'd be interesting to. Just produced not just a single vineyard, but just one one clonal uh, uh, wine um, from one small part of a very small vineyard. So this is bottle eight eight four out of nine two four bottles. So,
0: <laughs> and you haven't tried yeah. it yet?
2: Uh, no, no, I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that tonight. So um, <laughs> actually, that, t- t- talking of Jancis, <laughs> she she said. I, now I hope you don't put your name on the front. and then um and then I got talked into it because I said yeah um what's what's the really famous um what's the most famous burgundy estate Romini Conti uh, Yeah but um the producer um Aubert de Villene. Yeah and he signs his bottles I thought well if it's, it's if it's, it's good, good, good enough, enough for him,
1: for him it's, it's good, good enough for me We have to ask about the animals Sam um Yeah, Yeah, I know you're quizzed about them very often, but you know, when I was there, I loved meeting, I think it was Imogen Poots I met. (laughs) Um, yes, but do you want to just t- tell us about your wonderful? Because you are farmers. You describe yourself as a farmer. You don't just make wine; you make lots of different yeah. things, fruits, and you've got a wonderful selection of animals, and you're organic. Um, just talk us through your your wonderful animals. You're name. You're obviously very fond of them. Uh, you name them. Yeah. What's What's that all about?
2: Well, it's it's also part what we do is it's it's holistic. In In other words, um, the animals are very are very much part of 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 how we make wine. The sheep graze. Um, between the the rows, uh, the chickens go around and you know peck around and 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 get rid of grass grubs and things. Um, it's so it's all part of the process. And I, but I just like animals. Um, I'm uh, the only thing about being away in um, in England all that time was my favorite duck Charlie, who who was who who's been a great companion for about ten years and um, would just hang around with me and talk to me all day. Um, died in the winter i'm going to miss charlie or aw- awfully but my 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 pigs are still there I've, I, I have about 50 sheep at any one time we've we had a good lambing season there's or you know there's always so much t- to do around around the farm around the vineyards so i'm really i'm really looking forward to actually getting back to my other life because you know my day job is is acting but my life is really is wine and farming and here i am in ice in isolation and quarantine (laughs) like so much of the world at the moment but i will be out and there is light at the end of the tunnel i do wish everybody well over the winter and i do implore people to wear masks and 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 limit their social interactions I think uh, I think next year will be different. There'll definitely be there will definitely be uh, vaccines, and please don't listen to the anti vaxxers because this, this these things will save the world and save our economies. And I'm optimistic about next year. But uh, I, I wish everyone well over the winter. Happy drinking! It's very <laughs> nice to see you both,
1: S- Sam Neil. Uh, thank you, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you are an absolute superstar. Here's raising a very large glass to your yep. good
2: health.
0: Cheers.
1: Thank
2: you so much.
0: Cheers, and thank you. Thank you. Please
2: forgive my friend. I raised my cup of tea, but it is 8 30 in the morning.
1: We know you've got wine in that glass, Sam. Um,
0: <laughs> mug of Pinot. Cheers. Cheers, Sam. Yeah. Cheers.
2: Thanks, guys.
1: I am convinced Sam Neil had Pinot Noir in his tea mug. Do
2: you know what?
0: <laughs> I think I, he looks far too good to be drinking Pinot yeah, Noir at 8 o'clock that, in the morning, that is, seriously. You know, that is true. That anyway, is true. Um, Sam, do you know this? Sam has officially just been named an icon. Well my need we need an icon officially officially a new zealand a new zealand arts foundation oh, icon nice. okay. Okay. and there are only ever 20 of them at one time so hmm. massive Sam massive congratulations that sounds just amazing it sounds
1: to me like you've been uh, you've been paying way too much attention to his instagram feed <laughs> have you been checking up on him
0: I'm, I might have just well done my the, research,
1: as well as the YouTube bedtime stories, which I've <laughs> caught you watching just a little bit too often. Also, I'm a bit worried. Uh, now.
0: Anyway, moving on. Uh, mm, as we mm, as we said, mm. please do check out our wine festival online www.thewinefestival.co.uk. uk. There are some brilliant online wi- master oh,
1: master classes. <laughs> Online, one line, win line, wine, one, one line, one line. I was Waster trying classes. to say
0: there. Well, why not call? Let's, let's say Waster Classes. I think we know what you mean. Weinster Classes. Weinster Classes. Okay. Winster Classes yeah. there for you to watch. Yeah, yeah. And, and,
1: and on that note, please do check out our YouTube channel as well, Susie and Peter On Wine, and feel free to subscribe. And I think on that note, we should say a huge thank you to Sam Neil, even though. So, Sam, thank you. Uh, I'm a bit worried about Susie's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just stay away from season. That's,
0: that's enough. It's time to end. We'll be back next week. But in the meantime, thanks for listening and cheers.